Good evening, everyone. You're listening to Morris Mulcahy. particular dance odyssey begins on a Tuesday night in February at the TV Club Ballroom in Dublin, where the Morris Mulcahy Orchestra is playing. We had come in search of the strict tempo dancer, a common enough species in the 50s. This breed, however, had almost been wiped out with the advent of rock and pop in the 60s. The great dance orchestras had been largely replaced by show bands and guitar-toting groups. Dances such as quick steps, foxtrots, tangos and rumbas, not to mention the old-time waltz, went out of favour. It was a stunning victory for the teenage dancers, who now responded to rhythm rather than to melody. Baffled, the strict-tempo dancer found himself exiled from his old haunts. He became a rara avis. Indeed, but for the persistence of the brave few, he might have faced extinction. But a few strongholds did remain, as did a few bands. Now, with the news of a reawakening interest in the music of Glenn Miller, perhaps there was a glint of hope. So, we came to the TV club at nine o'clock, only to discover that nowadays dances seemingly do not begin until almost midnight. And while we wait, Christy Gunn, promoter of this long-running Tuesday night dance, outlined his particular rearguard action. It's 11 years next June that I got this idea. We, we don't like to call it adult dancing. We call it informal dancing. Because uh, we have all age groups coming along now and they seem to enjoy themselves and especially the big bands sound like the Mulcahys and we used to have Mick Delahunty, we have Johnny Flynn, Jim Cantwell and Michael O'Callaghan, Bruce Welsh from Castle Bar, that type of, we call them orchestras sometimes, but uh, band I think, well, for the, with the exception of Joe's band now, Joe has a very big band, we would call him orchestra naturally, but I feel like that in Dublin there was this one for this type of dancing and it seemed to take on and still going strong. You mentioned 11 years ago. What were the exact circumstances of, of this decision of yours to promote these type of dances? Well, uh, the show bands the stage was raging that time, of course. And I was downtown one Sunday night and I saw a few people I knew, my own age group type of thing, and uh, I asked them, are they going to any old dances now? And they said, where would we go? So I got this idea that perhaps there was a lot of people in Dublin that felt the same way and that if somebody started a dance to cater for that type of patron that it would go well, and it has. And it's always on a Tuesday night? Always on a Tuesday here to the television club. And of course, we're running the same now in the, in the iron on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. The same type of dancing, the same bands. So, in fact, there's quite a good, uh, a good demand for them. Oh, well, there is. There is a very good demand here in, in Dublin. I don't know how it would go in the country where you'd have a... You know, you wouldn't have as many people in the one area. I wonder if this dance type of dancing would go as well in the country, but here in Dublin it's going great, and I'm delighted they started. You seem to start very late here. Uh, again, I think you say that it doesn't really get going until about quarter to twelve. That, to me, seems very late in the, at night. Well, you're probably thinking of the older days, maybe. But... Uh, Nowadays, uh, they seem to come in only around about quarter past 11, up to half 11, and the dance really gets swinging around after half 11 and then goes on till a quarter to two. Is there any connection between the closing of pubs and, and the coming to dances? 
<laughs> well, there may be a little, you know, but uh, years ago, you could uh, open up a dance at eight, half eight or nine and you finished at 12, but now the times have changed, I suppose. That's progress. Progress indeed. And while we waited anxiously for the first dancers to arrive, there was time also to speak to Joe Mulcahy, leader of the Morris Mulcahy Orchestra. We have been on the road 25 years this year. It's a quarter of a century. And we do all types of music. We started, first of all, with an eight-piece. We finally got to a 15-piece. And um, it has been a long time to me. We have a 10-piece at the moment, uh, doing all kinds of music. Glenn Miller, Billy Vaughan music. We do a lot of pops, just what the people want. We try to please everyone. This is the type of event we have at the moment. Now, have you been with it since the very beginning, 25 years ago? Yes, I have been with it since we started. Uh, there was four of us when we started this outfit, four brothers, Morris, Dave, Michael and myself, Joe. Uh, Morris died about 12 years ago and I took over the band then. Since then, my other brother has died and we still keep on, just two of us in the band at the moment, myself and Michael. Now, as well as the uh, sad changes in the personnel of the band, could we just talk a little bit about the changes in the taste and the dancing, the, the crowds who come to you and so forth? Broadly, what are the great changes uh, that have taken place over the 25 years? Well, with our band, we haven't changed that much in the past 25 years. We still do the odd Glen Miller one, as I have said, and uh, we kept this band down through the years. We haven't changed very much. We do pops. It all depends on where we play. Sometimes we play to a younger generation and we play what they want. And uh, we have a very versatile band at the moment. We have four singers. We carry four singers. We have three saxes, trumpet. We have a ten-piece and uh, we can cater for all tastes. Joe Mulcahy. At 11 o'clock, the hall began to fill up rapidly. Nowadays, it is common practice to play records or taped music before the band comes on. And lo and behold, the first couple soon took to the floor and treated everyone to a dazzling exhibition of ballroom dancing. They proved, however, to be an English couple who had been living here for some years. For them, this was the most rewarding part of the night. We come from the early part of it there, mainly to get practice in it, of course, as much as anything, which you can get in here because they have the tapes on first, you see. So, in fact, you don't wait for, for the, the, the real dance at all? Well, we do for a while. We enjoy the dancing for a while, but we come mainly for the practising because, the, you know, you do get great practice. Do you dance competitions also? Yes, we do, yeah. And where are these held? Various venues over the country. Um, Clare Manor Hotel, Oblet Father's Hall in Inchicore, Shangri-La Hotel. Various places like that. Would there be many other people here tonight who would be like yourselves? Are you very much in the minority? This well, occasionally you get a few of the competition dancers that come to practice, but you don't see a great many here. They were indeed soon joined by a few more of the elite, but when the Morris Mulcahy Orchestra began its first number, the floor was quickly crowded, the standard of dancing varying from the slickly proficient to the more mundane feet draggers. We already had gathered that there were present a band of hardy regulars, and we spoke to some of these, including Eddie Walsh. Well, uh, 
I wouldn't exactly call it ballroom dancing, but um, it's uh, old-fashioned dancing. That means that you hold your partner or you're jiving with your partner, so that it really matters who you're dancing with. That's, uh, if you're dancing with a bad partner, even though you might like the person, that's, uh, you still don't enjoy the dance. And the opposite effect then as well. You can be dancing with somebody whom you know, but you don't particularly like, and yet you can enjoy the dance because she's a good dancer. How many times uh, would you go dancing in a week, uh, do you think? Um, three to four nights a week. And maybe, sometimes then maybe only once a week. But on average, three to four nights a week. Now, without seeking to go, seeking to your personal life in a sense, do you go on your own more often than not? Um, I'd only go with a girl if she was a good dancer. And then it would depend on where we go. I wouldn't go to dance uh, with a girl who is a bad dancer in a place where there is a good band and where it's a good place for dancing. You're, you're being very choosy, huh? Well, uh, that, that's, that's the way it is. How, how common is this attitude uh, to take, for a person to take? Um, I think other people there, um, you'd see lots of people, they'd be going there on the same night as you and they'd go there for the dancing, you know, for the enjoyment of it. Uh, and lots of people go for the dancing rather than they use the dance hall not just as a place to meet people but to go dancing and to enjoy themselves. It's almost like a pastime or a sport in a sense. Oh, it is, yes. Now, how would you describe the crowd here tonight looking around us? Um, well, there are over 20s, there aren't any teenagers here and there's a few over 30s as well. And um, you can see most of them are uh, regular dancers. Uh, are there many people like you who go dancing three or four nights a week? Oh, there is, yeah, because even people you might know, you'd recognise the same faces and the same steps all the time. Do you think many people are able to dance properly uh, still? Have they, have they got the steps? Uh, I think that's, unless they mastered in the first 12 months, that, uh, that they, if they're able to do it's like a bad swimmer with a screw kick, they'll keep up the same habits all the time. Have any strange incidents or any kind of uh, uh, humorous incident happened to you dancing that you can recall easily? Well, uh, once uh, here in this, this dance hall, I saw a man um, leaning over the bank very early in the night when nobody was dancing, but lots of people were sitting around looking at each other, and his false teeth fell over the bank and he didn't come down to retrieve them, probably out of embarrassment. You know, I thought that was very funny. How many times would you go to a dance like this in the week? About five times a week. That's, that's Three to five times yeah. a week. And this would say, so you don't go to bed until what, two o'clock in the morning, five times a week? Half three, five times a week. And is it, is it, would it be fair to ask you what time you used to be up in the morning at? Half eight. What do you think of the standard of dancing? Uh, is it good, bad or indifferent? The general standards? I think the general standards are really good. Do many people know the correct steps and so forth? Well, most of them do. There's a few that just can't dance at all, but they do their best to try to get around the floor as best as they can. Have you taken much tuition yourselves? No. We haven't. Never. No. Never. And how do, how do you know that you have the right steps then? Mostly by rhythm. We, we know what they're going to play. We know exactly when they're going to stop. The bands that we listen to. Come to the same bands, they play the same tunes. We need to tell you what's next.
two. Now onto the raised arms, right, left, back, right, three, four. Now turning left, right, left, three. The Morosini Whelan School of Dancing, Henry Street, Dublin, Friday night, eight o'clock. How many hundreds of hopefuls have climbed up the flights of stairs during the past 30 years with visions of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers in their minds? And to still come one or two nights a week and enter into a world of intricate steps of medals, bronze, silver and gold. George Morosini Whelan. Well, in uh, Henry Street here, we've been uh, here since 1930. It's my father and mother. And before that... Uh, they were in Hawk Street. Now it goes back, I suppose, very early in uh, the beginning of the century. Now we're, we're now 46 years later in 1976. Uh, how is, what do we say, business, being a business? Like, how is business now? Well, it, it never really has dropped off, even with the rock and roll, because there was always somebody coming along who wanted to learn to dance. That's, you know, it's something everybody has to. I would like to, to do is to learn to dance. What uh, types of, of courses have you got here for people who come in, uh, the various degrees? Yes, well, Monday and Wednesday we have an absolute beginner's class. Uh, Tuesday and Friday are sort of beginners, intermediate, and then we, we feed the intermediate when they get past the basic steps of the Monday and Wednesday. You know, we, we move them in to the Tuesday and Friday. And then, once they get interested, then they, they keep coming. And the next thing, they start working for their medals. You know, bronze, intermediate, silver, gold, gold star, right through. You know, which takes about a year and a half, two years. On this particular night, a group of about 50 have gathered for a social come dancing practice evening. The common bond is, of course, ballroom dancing. It transcends all age groups. Well, I've always liked to dance, you know. And I got married pretty young. And when you have a family, you can't be going dancing. So they're all rare now. And I'm free to dance once a week here anyway. So I quite enjoy it. Would it be fair to ask you, why isn't your husband with you? He won't. I've tried. I've done the medals up to the gold star in ballroom in Latin American, thinking that he would come along, you know. No. Can't get him, though he's very fond of music, he's very fond of classical music, but he's the older type of man, which I think is a bit shy, really, you know. Was, so, he, was he a good dancer when you, when you met him first? No, he couldn't put a foot under him, but I always wanted to dance, but I got no chance at all, you know. So how do you regard your, your comeback now? What has it done for you? Oh, it has done a lot for me. I broke all this shyness, I was very shy, and I feel a hell of a lot better. And uh, when I hear music now, I just want to dance. You don't get any opportunity outside the, the I do. School. I've just been at um, a dinner dance in Clontarf last week and I was able to do some of my ballroom in Latin America. But, but was he partnering you all the yes, time? Yes, he took me, you know, for the first dance and then everyone else took me for all the rest, you know. Now, could I ask you your age? 17. Now, you're a person, obviously, you go to discos as I do, well. yeah. And how does it compare the dancing in discos and the dancing here? There's no comparison. It's not, it's not half as good as the ballroom. Why? Well, it's real, you know. It's, there's no rules, really. You're just jumping around. And it's much better than dancing, pro, you know, sort of competition style, you know. Now, the young people who go to discos now, people are telling me that they often they dance, all the lads dance together and all the girls dance together. Is that true? That's true, yeah. 
And wh- why is this? Can you explain that? Uh, well, you go out with a group of fellas, you dance around together until you see a couple of girls you like, then you go up and dance them. So, in fact, is it a fact then that at the beginning of the night the fellas all dance together and gradually this, the group gets smaller and That's smaller? That's right, yeah. And what about the girls? Does this happen with them also? It does, yeah. Only more so with the girls. In some dance halls, fellas can't dance together. What attracts you towards this type of dancing? Well, I like, uh, well, first of all, I liked modern dancing and I came because um, I wanted to learn Latin American. And uh, then when I came and learnt the basic ballroom, I liked the ballroom, so I'm doing both now. Now, this is a rather special type of night for you. Uh, in a way, yes. Why? Um, because I get the supreme award for Latin American dancing, class competitions. Um, this has been the result of how long? Um, well, it's over a period of five years for, la- for Latin and ballroom. Um, this is the last one I do. Uh, I have it for the ballroom, and this is the Latin one. So you have been coming here weekly almost Regularly for the last five? for five years. Now, you were saying that you, you, you notice a, what, a lack of dancing it's outside? A lack of ballroom dancing outside. I mean, if there was more of it, in my estimation, there was more in it, and you had the bands to cater for the ballroom, it'd be very enjoyable. What about yourself now when you were, uh, uh, say, uh, in your late teens? Where were the dance halls that you went to, or where were the good ones? Oh, the good ones, the Kingsway, at the Metropole. And who, who played there? Well, in the Kingsway you had uh, Charlie Nutty there, and of course in the Metropole you had uh, the Metropole Orchestra there. And it was all to go then, uh, and then there has been a, a great falling off, hasn't there? There has been a falling off, because... Well, you take nightlife in the city at the moment. It starts at about 11 now, the discos, and it finishes at 2 or 3 in the morning. Are you still now, you've been dancing many years, do you still kind of feel a bit dodgy going across the floor and asking a girl to dance? Well, no, actually, when you get the confidence of ballroom, you don't mind. You know, that confidence means a lot when you know what you're doing. But at a place like the TV club where it isn't as strict, the dancing isn't as strict? Still, I go over there and I'll do whatever they're doing. They still won't bother me. Do you get many refusals now? No, no, I haven't, no. Now, what are we, what are we dancing at the moment? Well, at the moment, um, we're, dan- we're dancing the slow waltz, and um, it's only one sequence because it's in the Paul Jones. Paul Jones is a very uh, kind of a, a genteel version of the Paul Jones, is it? It is, yes. There's only one um, encore of it, and you change partners all the time, which is a very good idea because you get to dance with every man that's in the place, maybe, and maybe if you're lucky, you might get the same one, you know. But how, how different is this uh, type of social to the dance outside? I mean, in terms of, of girls and fellows and so oh, well, forth. Well, it, it's more like a club. It's not like. Um, a social hall and everyone knows everyone here and everyone's very friendly you know I mean there isn't anyone here that doesn't know yeah. I suppose relationships will be built up in a longer period oh, of yes. a shorter oh period. yes yes yeah. yes and um, it's great fun you know and um, this now dance we're dancing at the moment is a samba which is uh, Latin American they're pretty popular are they they are yes we have a samba a cha-cha a jive and um, a rumba and of course Paso Doble. So on with the Paul Jones, let joy be unconfined.
And while the social dancing continued, Mary Morosini Whelan spoke about the business of teaching ballroom dancing. Well, it had slackened off there for a period of time, but now in the last two years, there seems to be a really getting back to ballroom dancing, which of course is a good thing for our type of business. You have continued nevertheless. Did times get slack say, in the last 10 years? Or? Oh yes, they did indeed, but uh, we, we managed to keep up, you know, through the lean times. We always got a certain amount of people interested in this type of dancing. People, you know, who wanted to go to weddings or dress dances. And then, of course, uh, people taking up uh, metal test examination. This is a, a good way of keeping up the interest in the dancing, putting them in for different uh, medals. The attraction also, in a sense, is that you have a good variety of dances here, isn't you, that you teach them? Ah, oh, yes. During uh, a night's uh, dancing, you'll get about, about eight different types of dances, and they're all different rhythms and very enjoyable. Now, you've been teaching this type of dancing for several years. What kind of... Do you have to have very much patience with this job? You have to have patience, but uh, this is an easy thing because when you're a teacher, you get to realise the different... Uh, grades of uh, dancers and uh, you know you know that at a stage they can only learn so much and uh, you don't get annoyed. <laughs> what about the person who has no uh, feeling at all for it, who has two left feet? Well you know really in all my experience I've only found about 12 people that I, I really lost my patience with. Usually the rest were all successful. One, two, Three, four, one, two. Now onto the raised arms, right, left, back, right, three, four. Now turning left, right, left. From the School of Dancing, three, we move four. to the less rarefied atmosphere of Cruces Hotel Ballroom in Limerick. It is 10 o'clock, Saturday night. The legendary Mick Delahunty arrives to fulfil his weekly engagement here. We sit and talk at a beer-stained table in the empty ballroom an hour before the dance is to begin. How does Mick feel about going on for the 10,000th time, perhaps? Well, I get the same feeling as long as I'm at it. The butterflies always affect me for about a half an hour or so. The same thing, they tell me it's a good sign. <laughs> it must be because it's happened so long. Um, when I get on the stage and I get down to work, I enjoy myself. Like uh, I feel the bandstand is part of my life, which it is, of course, but I feel at home, more at home on that than down on the ballroom floor or in front of a microphone here, like. Looking at Mick, it was hard to credit that he has been a band leader for over 40 years. And, in his case, it ain't seem a day too long. It was on an Easter Sunday night in 1933 that a local committee were let down for a band. And I had been playing around with different groups in the town at home in Tanmel. But they asked me to get a band together for them. For that night, they were completely stuck. I knew a few of the lads around and I got them together and that was the start of it. We played fairly well even though we had no rehearsal or we had very little but we played the night and it went off very well so we decided well none of us were uh, in any regular band we were all working day jobs so we said we'll keep keep going and we get a few little handy gigs as they call them around the locality which we did and it began to build up a little bit I stuck with it anyway, but when it came to the 40s, it was getting better all the time. Granted, there was a few changes in the band. Some of the fellas couldn't stick at it three nights a week and four nights a week. 
but around about 1941, I decided, well, I was working myself in a day job, and at that time, pay was very small. The week's pay was £1.12 and 6 a week. Well, if I went out for a play for a dance for a couple of hours, I'd come back with a fiver. And things were kind of looking good in the dance business, so I said, if I get four fivers a night, it would be better than £1.12 and 6 for a whole week. Indeed. So I held on to the band. I packed up the day job in 1942. Why were you so well known? Why were you better known than any other uh, orchestra in Ireland? Well, I suppose I could say been a long time at it. We, you were you're bound to be known after a while. But I, I think you must have a little bit of personality, for me to say it like, but on the stage, uh, you must have the smile for the customer and... Usually you know most of the people then by name as well as no matter what town you played in, you get to know them all by name and as well as seeing them. And I think that is kind of 75% of it. Now what about the music itself, the treatment of the music? That must have been important also for the dancers. Oh, that would have to be. The music came first. Everything had to be played. Well, with me, strict tempo. As I said, Victor Sylvester's band gave us the, the tempo. Glenn Miller gave us the sound, and to combine the two together, that you got a nice sound and you got the perfect tempo for dancing. And I, I think tempo first and uh, the music after. Put the two together and you have something that the people will enjoy. Now, what would you regard as your peak years, uh, Mick, for the orchestra for playing in the country? What are the peak years for you? Not saying that you're uh, not at your peak still, but in terms of, of well, numbers think, and band. So I think the peak years, uh, musically and dancing and everything else, would be from 50 to 60. Those were the, kind of the golden years of dancing, from 1950 to 60. Now, why was bit. this, do you think? Well, the people were interested in the ballroom dancing. All Everybody that went into a dance hall went in to dance. But after the 60s, when the... Phil Haley band came and changed all the, the style of dancing and music. It seemed to change. The younger generation went for that like a bum. And the other people that used to dance just couldn't because they, were, they had the young people on the floor standing and shaking around, and the people that wanted to dance wanted to move around. And they became two different sections of dancing public. I think also, I suppose, after the 60s, it began the age of what we call now the show band. Is this true? Yes, that would, that would be the, the uh, around about the 60s, the show bands came on the scene. And How did it affect you and your, and your playing? Uh, or did you see, could you see this as a different type of style? Did you realise at the time? Well, I did. I knew it would go, but the trouble about it was that I couldn't get myself to play that kind of music. There were kind of hopping around the floor on the bandstand and all this and um, that wasn't my cup of tea and I don't think the lads in my band would like that either so I said we'll stick as we are because somebody must look after the people that want to go to a ballroom to dance. Now you stuck to it in a sense was it worth your while in a sense or did you suffer a decline to some degree? Oh we had we had a few years when it went down the crowds the numbers in the ballroom went down but uh, we kept we kept going all right. We made a living out of it. We didn't make any money. That's why the guys making fortunes. That was out. But we, we made a, an honest living, and the people that wanted to dance still came along to us. They didn't let us down. Uh, they 
the, young, the younger generation flocked to the show bands and they had their shows, we had ours and everybody was happy. Delahunty playing at cruises at almost two o'clock in the morning. And although Mick's music was enjoyed by all, the lack of dancing expertise was very noticeable. This can be explained by the lack of dancing schools in provincial areas. Barney O'Connor from Menace, however, gave another reason on the following day when he explained how he himself had learned ballroom dancing in Ennis over 20 years ago. Mr Anderson, he worked with CIE, he is now retired and he won several trophies for ballroom dancing. And just from uh, him that uh, I attribute anything I know. Now, did, did he in fact tell you, or how, did, how in fact did you, did you manage to pick up the steps? By just watching and uh, walk, walking around the dance hall floor, actually. We could say a waste of money for like, but to me it wasn't because uh, I was uh, watching the movements of his feet on the floor and uh, finally I transferred them into my own feet. Was he aware of this shadow behind him going along the dance hall? I don't, I don't think he was. And why didn't you go and ask him? Were you too shy or what? I say shyness. I say was a keynote. I say yes. You were mentioning something about then being in a partner with duty dancers and, and some girls and doing something about yeah. that. Yeah, there were eight girls uh, in our company, and uh, every night we went to, to into a dance hall. If they were present, they had to get the first duty dancers from us. They were also partners of Mr. Anderson. He used to always dance with those, and any steps that they had, well, they weren't uh, slow about passing him on. Like and where, where did you do your practicing then during the week? If we met, we often went off for walks at night time and along the footpaths with the uh, home tunes and danced to the, the steps that do the steps that he that he taught him on the floor. And from there on, we learned. We each one learned one another how to get around the floor. But while there are very few Mr. Andersons nowadays in provincial ballrooms, Barney O'Connor and Mary Carmody are responsible for a revival of ballroom dancing in Ennis, especially among young people. We've been trying to get the youngsters to the club and teach them the basic steps and what it is about ballroom dancing and the graceful way it can be done, rather than the modern dancing really is more graceful. And uh, I think it's something that you'll always have, no matter what age you are, you can enjoy ballroom dancing. You know, when you get old, uh, young, this modern jive thing is not always for you, whereas you can always get up and do ballroom dancing at any age. Now, what age group are you talking about? Uh, well, we, at the moment, we're from 14 years upwards, we're teaching, and uh, we have a lot of old members. We say we have some members over 70 in the club who come and help us, and they enjoy it. They can still do their ballroom dancing. So 14 to 70. Barney, what about uh, the numbers? Are we talking in terms of 100 or what? Uh, our membership at the moment is in the four-figure bracket, well over the 1,000. I'd safely say, uh, to haggard a guess, would be roughly about 1,500 would be our total membership. Now, some of those are gone away working. Some of those we have during holiday time. 
and uh, in actual fact our average weekly uh, catering for both boys and girls would be roughly about in the region of 150 to 180. Our final destination in the search for the strict tempo dancer takes us to the Claremont Hotel in Malahide to the finals of the Irish Amateur Ballroom Championships confined to the 26 counties. This type of competitive ballroom dancing has become very popular, especially in the north side of the city. Dance teacher Jack O'Loughlin explains what is going on. Yeah, well, at the moment they are running the uh, Latin American of the Era Championships, uh, which of course is confined to the uh, dancers in the 26 counties. Uh, later on they'll be running the modern ballroom and also the old time competitions. How did they divide the dancing here tonight? What are the sections? Uh, well now you have the three sections uh, which is old time, modern ballroom and Latin American and they are some of them subdivided now for instance in the Latin American there's also a novice competition which is confined of course to novices as opposed to the uh, dancers which have amateur status. Now, this afternoon you had the children's. Was this run in a similar way? Well, the children's run on a very similar lines. I mean, you have the three uh, different uh, types of dancing, the same for the children. Now, what uh, areas of the country will be represented uh, here? Uh, well, of course, basically, the, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, these championships are confined to residents of the 26 counties. Uh, but the majority, of course, actually are from Dublin, but we do have uh, also competitors, at least we had in the afternoon, amongst the children, competitors from as far down as Waterford. Were you dancing this afternoon? Yes. And what did you dance in? Latin, all time. And were you, were you nervous before you started? No. No. How long have you been dancing? Five years. And what age are you now? Twelve. A 12-year-old veteran. Committee member Ruth Lacey spoke about the nature of the movement in the context of other types of dancing. I think people are missing a lot because um, this dancing has real atmosphere and feeling and when I go to a dance, well, I feel that people, they're not dancing, they're completely out of time, they don't really feel the music, but then the music is a bit strange too, I think. Yes. I'm not against pop music, but it's yes. sometimes strange. What, do you, what would it take to be a very good dancer? What, what does a person need? Um, it's a hard question to answer. I think if a person is able to dance, the harder they work, the better they will be. Mm, I don't think anything is impossible. It's training. Yes. And um, most of the dancers here tonight would work very hard, maybe three, four nights a week, maybe more. I've, heard, I've talked to somebody who works about 15 hours a week, I think. Yeah, that's uh, true. Here. I used to yes. work four nights myself. Yes. Now, this is, somebody said this is the second biggest night of the year. Is that yes. true? Yes, the All Ireland would include the North and that would be on in June in Butlins. Mm -hmm. I think it's the 18th and 19th. It's the weekend of that anyway, I'm not sure. Yes. Of the and now is there a further, are there, is there an international pick made? No, well, we belong to an international society of dancing and representatives go over every so often. Um, say the top couple in ballroom would represent Ireland and they have gone to Belgium, Germany and uh, but quite in a few European places. Countries. Yes, they have. I also spoke to Colm Wynne and David Grouse, Secretary and Chairman of the Association. Is ballroom dancing then becoming more popular? Oh, definitely. There's no question about that. So, some years ago we had maybe six 
competitors in a Latin American competition, four in a modern competition, and maybe 10 or 12 children in the children's competitions. Well, today we had uh, 36 entered in the Latin American Republic of Ireland Junior and Juvenile Trophies, and we had uh, about 24 in the modern sections. And tonight we have 18 Latin American adults dancing in the Republic of Ireland Amateur Championship, and we had... We haven't had them yet. They'll be going on shortly, about 14 to 16 adults in the modern section. Right. Well, if I go back to you, David, how many teachers would be would be teaching this type of dancing around the city of Dublin? Well, there now we'd have an, on our books, I'd say, around between 12 and 20. Would these be part-time teachers? Well, I'd say some of them would, but say 25% are full-time teachers which concentrate on schools in the daytime, by the way. That is, they, some are belong to Coral Leshoge, which um, comprises, you know, the Coral Leshoge that uh, sends out a lot of our teachers through training through the schools, that's the secondary schools. And some of our professionals have been through most of the secondary schools, mostly girls' schools, teaching old-time Latin and modern. Now, how do you account for the fact that it's growing popularity at a time when, in a sense, our we had for the last decade we had discos and pop and rock and so forth well I think people are realizing what ballroom dancing can do for them that disco dancing will not do it does a tremendous lot for children in giving them self-confidence a graceful carriage it also keeps you extremely fit if you're competing at a competitive level because you must be very fit you have probably seen some of the activities in Latin America and they're very balletic very extrovert and very difficult to do. So, let the word go forth. Ballroom dancing is still alive and well and living in Dublin and Waterford and Ennis and doubtless in other areas. But we shall end, perhaps nostalgically, with the music of Mick Delahunty, the music which captivated a whole generation of ballroom dancers. <laughs> ¶¶